0: This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. You know the Social Security COLA, the cost of living adjustment, is 5.9% for 2022, and that is not the only change that's coming to Social Security next year. So on today's show, we're going to highlight some of the biggest changes and how they could affect you.
2: Hey, welcome in. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin has been helping folks for more than 30 years. He is a fiduciary. He is an investment advisor representative. Find him at Silverleaf Financial and find out more at silverleaffinancial.com. He's an author. Uh, you're just a whole lot of things. Hey, Kevin, what's
0: going on? <laughs> uh, uh, we're doing really well, Steve. So always good to be here.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, so you got my attention. I mean, we've, a lot of people have been talking about the uh, the cost of living adjustment for Social Security, the Biggest in what thirty years, something like that. Yes, five point nine percent. So should we be jumping up and down? Yay, yah, rah, rah. Is that a good thing?
0: You know, you know what? It's maybe worth a single a, raw A single raw All right, fair yeah. enough. I like y- it. You know, I mean, it's a it's a nice jump. You know the average the average person the check is rumored to be in the fifteen or sixteen hundred dollar range. Uh, so basically, it translates to about a hundred dollars a month. Okay, you extra you know, an extra cash in your pocket, right? Which I'm going to say is a good thing. Sure, because we all because we all know prices have gone up for all sorts of things. Um, you, you know and the, and we also just heard that they're jacking the price of the of Medicare, right? Oh uh, yeah, I want to say is it 22 dollars a month?
2: Um, um, yeah, from 14850 to uh, 17010.
0: Yeah, so percentage wise that that's obviously a much bigger jump 14 and a half up, percent yeah, it's percentage wise it, it is a big increase. no question. What I'm actually gonna say is you know what it's not that bad. Um, you know, if you're going to make an extra hundred bucks from social security and, and you got to give up 22, I'm going to say that's not that bad. You still got yeah. you got a nice bump. I'm going to say it looks pretty good to me. Sure. Uh, you know, and, um, and, and Medicare, I got to say the, the amount of, because then even if somebody goes past that, right. Cause that's only covering, that's not going to cover all the expenses just to go back to Medicare for a minute. Um, you know, so then you get a lot of folks get these supplement plans, right? Yes. And so, so that'll cover the out of pocket, the deductibles, the copays and all those things. And I want to say all in. It looks to me like a, a married couple could be right around six hundred bucks a month. Um, you know, all in meaning that's your that's really your the limit on how much it's going to cost you because the supplement plans would cover the deductibles and the copays and everything else. So I compare that. For instance, I'm I'm a self employed person and every year I look you know I buy my own health insurance for me and my wife. So that's the time of year I'm in. I always check it out and and the plan for us is in the fifteen hundred dollar range.
2: <laughs> right. And so, so if it goes to 600, that's a good
0: thing. You know what? So yeah, it's going to get cut in half is how I look at it. And, uh, you, you know, so what I'm saying, Medicare, I think Medicare is a great program. I think you, I think you get a lot of bang for your buck, so to speak. You get a lot of value. You're paying less than half of what I'm paying as somebody that's 57. So, uh, so I think, I think overall it's a good thing. Um, but you know what I think is really interesting though, is there's is some talk out there. There are some bills, there's a bill out there guys that I think everybody should be aware of. And I think you should call your congressman, call your representative and let them know what you think about it, whether you agree or disagree, whatever it is. I think you should let them know, because there's an important one in my in my opinion, and it's called the sacred trust bill. Um, and, and that is one that's talking about making changes to social to the Social Security program. Yeah. big. And, I mean, big changes, big changes. One of them would be an immediate increase to everybody of 30 bucks a month, right? which isn't huge, but it's extra money in your pocket. All right. And, and one of the big changes, though, would be changing the index that they use to calculate the increases in the amount of Social Security, because that's been one of the biggest criticisms of the program is that it doesn't accurately represent the typical, you know, retirees cost of living. And All right.
2: So because- let's let's talk about that. So the, the consumer price index is what what they use. Right. But they've come up with some different designations and different weighting. Is that right?
0: Yes, they, they, they have, they have a designation specifically for the elderly, the CPIE, um, And, and it, and it is, and now I'm, now I'm saying it's supposed to represent um, more accurately what it costs, you know, what a typical senior retiree is, is facing in terms of increases in costs. In other words, most seniors, you know, they, they, for instance, spend more money on medications, right? Pharmaceuticals, yes. things like that. So, so I, so in my mind, that means it'll have a heavier weighting towards those types of products. Um, those types of, of of things that people consume, and for instance, that one of the criticisms of the CPI index is that it had too heavy of a weighting uh, for f- folks that live in an urban setting. Right. and you know, and and let's face it, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure the majority of retirees don't live in an urban setting. I don't think and, so. You, you know, and so so things like that. Um, but when you look at the numbers, you say, you know what? Who cares about the letters? What does it mean in the in my pocket? Right. Absolutely. And, and he said, and that's the bottom line, and the bottom line is an extra two tenths of a percentage point, um, you know, so a slightly bigger increase. What it means is you would be getting a slightly bigger increase in that check each year when they make the adjustment, if the future you know goes as it has so far, in, you know, in the past. Sure,
2: and so I mean that that's pretty interesting, and and that would be, and they're saying that it would be in effect for from twenty two to twenty six, right?
0: yes and I I, I I don't know the logic in terms of why it's only for that four or five year window um you, you know but I'm sure it has something to do with budgeting and things like that and uh, of course but once you have it you're, they're not going to take it away I think it'd be a, politically it'd be a lot harder right Yeah. It'd be it'd be, it'd be a lot harder so I I am personally I think there's a lot of provisions in it that sound very favorable to me uh one of one of an, another one is raising that income threshold. At at which, when you cross it, your social security benefit becomes taxable, and and so right now that's only at something like I believe it's thirty two thousand for a couple, right, Um, right. You know, and they're they're talking about bumping it up to fifty thousand. So, um, you know, depending on exactly the details, and these these things always get adjusted as they go forward, as you guys know. This is a bill, all right. So it's currently a bill; it has not been signed; it has not passed yet. But that's why we're that's why we're saying. You know, maybe call your congressman and let them know, hey, you're in favor of it or you're not in favor of it. But I think you need to let them know because that's their job, right? They're supposed to be representing us. Exactly. So say, they work for us. They work for us. At least they claim that to be to be our servants, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a, they're extremely well-paid servants, in my humble opinion. Mine too, um, yes. <laughs> you know, so I say let them know, you know, because because personally, I you know, what well, we've got an individual, I believe. Uh, an individual with a with an individual individual net worth of north of 300 billion dollars now in this country uh, named Elon Musk uh, richest man in the world. Um, my point is that there's a tremendous amount of wealth out there a tremendous amount of wealth has just been created in the last couple of years by the way um, you know in this country and so I think we can raise the floor I don't I don't personally I think we could raise the floor I think we can do a little better job for the people on the bottom end oh yeah. Um, so, well, so, and I think so, that
2: that hasn't been touched in in years, right? I mean, it was like 1983 when it was initially, and then there was maybe an adjustment in the early 90s.
0: Yes, you're referring to the threshold. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's right. It hasn't been changed in a long time, and and the politicians do it deliberately, right? Because when you when you do the accounting and you calculate the numbers, it it costs a lot less to the budget, you know, if for instance you don't have cost of living increases, right? Right. Or or you increase it at a slower rate than it really should. Because there's some there's some research out there that says that you know like the standard of living you can obtain by the average Social Security check today versus the average Social Security check let's say 20 or 30 years ago, that person's cost of living standard of living has gone down. In other words, that average check doesn't buy as much today as it did 20 and 30 years ago, and and I, and it's because the the in my view it's because of the cost of living adjustments that have been been passed on to you know people that receive Social Security checks. They haven't truly kept up with the cost of living. And uh, and so I think changing that index could, could make a big difference.
2: I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, you know, again, folks, if you want to reach out to Kevin, uh, visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. You can reach him there, or you can call him, 800-975-6717. So let's talk about the dependent care credits, and I think that's a pretty interesting one as well, um, that that someone can, can actually get Social Security credits, even though they've been caring for a, a child, uh, you know, yes. or, or someone that, that, you know, with reduced wages, Right.
0: Oh yeah, it, it's as I understand it, it provides earned earnings credit with Social Security benefit formula for up to five years for somebody that's out of the workforce um, or with reduced wages. So for up to five years uh, for a child that's under the age of twelve or a dependent, a dependent relative. Okay. And 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 so uh, I think that's another good provision because obviously that situation occurs quite a bit, and it's another way that we can help you know uh, help take care of those the people in those situations. Right. So. You know, so I think it does have, I think it has a, l- there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good, you know, in that bill. And, and so if it's something, guys, that makes sense to you, then reach out to your congressman or woman, let them know what you think. Uh, again, it's called the Sacred Trust Bill.
2: So let's, can we talk about trust funds? Is that something that you're willing to talk about for just a second? Sure. We talk sure. about two different trust funds. You know, we talk about the trust fund, the Social Security Trust Fund, but there's two of them. And now they're talking about combining it. Do you think that's a good idea?
0: You know what? I'm I'm going to say that I, I I think it's a good idea, but but it I, I need more details. There's just not enough details right. out there from That's what just I've been, you know what I've been able to find. Yeah, and, and and so I think it's too I think it's too early. What what I am in favor of is making those programs stronger, and and whatever it takes to do that, then then I, I would be in favor of it. Of course, depending on what it would be, um, you, you know. But I think those those two these are two of the what what I what I consider two of the most successful programs we've ever had in this country. I mean, the, the amount of poverty that has been reduced for seniors and retirees because of like Social Security right. is, is incredible. And, and, the, the, and the amount of, um, well, well, for instance, maybe you guys aren't aware, you know, one of the biggest causes of bankruptcy in this country is, is medical. Yep. So unexpected medical bills or excessive medical bills, medical bills that your insurance, maybe you've got insurance. And while you were knocked out, they brought in some other doctors that weren't part of your network. And then you got hit with a huge bill. All right. That happens all the time. Um, And so medical is one of the biggest causes of bankruptcy in this country. And so I believe that the Medicare program, you know, since it allows everybody to, you know, that qualifies, let's say sick with 65 and above for right now, you know, I believe that that nobody should ever have to experience bankruptcy if they're in Medicare, Medicare, because it does cover a large part of what's, uh, of the expenses.
2: Sure. I mean, again, so these are things that, that, you know, people just need to be aware of and, you know, we're going to rely on you, Kevin, to, to keep us abreast of this stuff. And
0: um,
2: because this is something that could, ha- that could impact a lot of people in, in some subtle and some not so subtle ways.
0: Oh, no, no question. Well, well, just on the social security aspect, you right. know, which we've all heard, all heard that it's going to go, you know, become insolvent or uh, what it basically in about 10 years, as far as I know, um, you know, but there's a lot of factors that come into play, you know, the number of people in the workforce, for instance, you know, if you're not in the workforce, then you're not contributing to the social security program through the payroll tax. Right. Right. And, and so that's one of the reasons why it's in everybody's best interest to have a fully employed workforce, which isn't a hundred percent. It's, you know, most people, most economists think like, you know, 97% would be about as full as you could get. Um, but nonetheless, all that money gets, you know, when you get your paycheck, right, you're paying into Medicare, you're paying into social security. Um, and, and so, So there's there's a lot of factors that determine how long, you know, how solvent the program will be, Um, you know, but at some point, the politicians are going to have, they're going to have to do something, right? Right. Simply because the numbers don't work. What they're saying is that that it looks like uh, there's going to be about a 25% shortfall. So um, that's what they're going to have to deal with. And if they they don't start tackling it pretty soon, you know, they're going to have to make drastic changes, what it looks like to me. So I think one of, personally, one of the easiest things I think they could do is eliminate the cap at which Social Security no longer, you no longer contribute to Social Security, which is in the 140s, I believe, 143, 144. Right. Um, You know, but once you pass that amount in income, you don't pay into Social Security anymore. So that's one of the easiest things to do, remove that cap, um, and anybody making less than that amount won't be affected by it.
2: Okay, well, I mean, again, it's, see, you know, you can solve some problems here, Kevin. Why don't they listen?
0: I I wish they would. I (laughs) wish they would, you know, I don't, I, I, you know, the special interest groups and the lobbyists, you know, they're powerful people and they've got a lot of money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for instance, one thing that that's been bugging me is that, uh, the inability of Medicare to negotiate drug prices, I think is insane. I mean, the veteran, veteran VA, the VA can do it. Medicaid, yeah. Medicaid can do it, but Medicare can't do it. And, and, and you know, who, who is responsible for that guys is the pharmaceutical lobbyists. The pharmaceutical lobby spent, I think, is one of the biggest spenders, especially in the last couple of years. Um, you know, targeting our congressmen and our senators and things like that, and and that don't want to do it because, to me, one of the biggest ways you could save money in the Medicare program is by letting them negotiate the drug prices, right? Right. We pay more than we pay more than everybody, and 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 so, we do all the R and D. Yeah, we do. We we provide the research to the rest of the world. It's like we're you know, we're it's like we pay for it all, and everybody else benefits from it. I th- I think they sh- they should be a- be able to put together some formulas that we're going to pay the average price of, of the top ten you know other industrialized nations. Or sure, something. you know what I mean. Just pay the pay the a- average that everybody else is paying. Right. And and um, you, you know, but but the uh, but to me that that'd be another way that we could you know reduce drug prices for everybody, put more money in people's pockets because they would not be spending so much on these drugs. And that's actually one of the reasons why they're talking about that, you know, the raising the cost of Medicare, that 22 bucks. The reason they're citing is this Alzheimer's drug that came out that costs some, the, the estimates are $56,000 a year for yeah, that drug. My
2: gosh. Yeah. I'm all about doing, you know, helping, you know, solve the uh, Alzheimer's problem, but at what cost?
0: I, 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 I agree as well. And, and, you know, there, there's, we, we, we got to do a cost benefit analysis on these things, right? Yes. And, and, and look at when, what cost, does it make sense? And, um, you know, and it's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot to that discussion though, right? It's a huge, I think Alzheimer's and memory, memory, memory loss. Ugh. I believe that's one of the biggest issues affecting seniors. Of course. I know is. that's one of, you know, that's definitely one of the biggest reasons why people need to go, for instance, into a facility is because of severe memory loss and Alzheimer's. Yep. Um, and just to protect, you know, to protect them from themselves in many cases. Sure. And, and, and so, which, 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 by the way, guys, if you are interested, I did happen to co-write a book on long-term care. Oddly um, enough. Yeah, oddly enough, and so, so I do have a little bit of information I'd be happy to share on that if you'd be interested. If you are concerned about paying for long-term care, I can show you how you how we might be able to take some of your existing money, and and reposition it so that if you got to pay for long-term care, you can do it on a tax-free basis, and at least save the tax money if that's something uh, that you're looking at.
2: The book is called The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. You can uh, get a what a free chapter if you go to the website.
0: Yeah. You know what? You can get the whole free book. Oh, the book is free. It's got well, the whole book free right there. Okay. The, the whole book is free. All you do is you go to the website. It's silverleaffinancial.com and just scroll down. You'll see, you'll, you'll, you'll see the information on the book. And there's a place where you put in your information. we will be happy to send it to you. All right. And I'm happy to, I'm happy to share the information.
2: Sure. You're talking about Congress. And I I, I just got to say this, you talk about all of the lobbyists and all of that. Remember the old Robin Williams bit where he said that Congress people ought to have all, who is lobbying for them all of the, they need to be on their back. You know what I mean? Like a NASCAR driver with all of the endorsements.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. right. Put it. So we know, so, so we, we know, know who's exactly. getting the money, we know oh, who's yeah. getting paid. That you, you know what I tell you, it's, it, it provides a lot of insight when you, when you say, gee, why, why is this guy always fighting this, you know, or why is this woman Oh, you know, for instance, here in Arizona, there's been a lot of press about Kristen cinema, how uh, you know, she has become the poster child for, you know, uh corporate donors and, right. and special interest donors. Do you guys know that these politicians are getting contributions from the opposing party? <laughs> right? They're, they're that's who's giving them boatloads of money are people that are known contributors to the other party. Wow. They're, that's what they're doing. They're giving millions and millions of dollars to the opposing party to try to basically block the system. You follow me to to, I understand. Block, I understand the strategy. Gears, yeah, right. That's what's go- That's that's where a lot of money is coming to her. Yeah, but, I get you know, it. You can you, you can vote how you like, but personally, yes. I'm not a fan.
2: Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717, or just text SILVER to 21000. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717, or text SILVER to 21000. That's SILVER to 21000. Do it today. The, the market this week, I mean, you know, last week it was, you know, record city, and then this week,
0: not so much. You know what, it's been, it's been, I think we are still toying with those record highs. You know, we're bouncing within less than 1% from the record highs, I believe uh, the major indexes are. Um, So they're pretty close, but, but you're right. You know, we're, we're getting conflicting signals coming out from, you know, you got different big hedge fund guys, you know, like Bill Ackman coming out saying, Hey, this looks like a bubble to him. You can, I think it compared to the nineties, you know, you got some other, some other very, very rich, you know, hedge fund billionaire guys um that have been talking about how they think the markets you know market is too high and that's and it's nothing new if anybody's been watching the market if you're a student of the market then you know that it is trading at high valuations compared to where it's been historically um, but at the same time you've got to look at where interest rates and interest rates are extremely low compared to where they've been historically so, so I think it's, it's a situation that, you know, the, the whole TINA, you know, acronym, there is no alternative. Okay, uh, sure. I, I really believe that's what's driven this market is that there's this, there's just no place else to go, um, you know, to, to, uh, to put your money that you have a reasonable expectation of making a profit. And, and so I think that's, what's driven a lot of the stock market buying. Um, and I still think that, I still think valuations look good. If, if you're looking out, you know, down the road, meaning at least, you know, let's say six months or 12 months. Uh, or more. In other words, in the next few months, month to month, anything can happen, right? Yep. Any any news can come out of left field. Um, you know, China does something or North Korea or Iran, Iraq or any number of other places, you know, and it could cause a short term move in the market. Right now, the market's waiting to see who Biden picks to run, to, to run the Fed. Is he going to continue with Jerome Powell or is he going to go with uh, what, what's her name? Lyle Brainerd, um, who's considered much more dovish. So, you know that's what the market is looking at right now. If it's a bit, if it's not one of those two, then <laughs> uh, then hold on to your chairs because the market's going to go for a ride. Yeah, all bets are off, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We, the market does not like surprises, right? Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Y- 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 you know, but there are some things. You know, one thing I'm doing with my clients that I think everybody could benefit from, if you're comfortable with the stock market, and this is not a recommendation. This is just saying what I'm doing with some of my clients. Um, is positioning them into, um, I'm, I'm buying things that have nice dividend payments, all right? For sure. instance, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stocks out there, you can get over a 4% dividend. Uh, there's a lot of them in the oil, for instance, in the oil industry, oil sector, you know, like Chevron. I think it's paying something like a four point, it, I believe it's north of four and a half, maybe 4.7% dividend, something like that, um, you know, which some of us feel is probably, it, it is probably something that might be worth taking a look at. Uh, in the pharmaceutical industry, Glaxo is paying you know what about the same thing between four and a half and five percent dividend. Hmm. Uh, Philip Sixty Six is just below five percent dividend now. But the thing is, guys, to remember, you could lose five percent in one day with any one of these companies easily. You could lose twenty five percent in one day with any of these companies. If I'm <laughs> sure. Okay. To be truthful, right? Yeah. So 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 there is inherent risk with any stock market investing. Is the first thing for everybody to, to remember. Remember, right? And if, and if you're like Warren Buffett, then you know, do, we, do you remember what the first rule of investing is? Don't lose money. All right.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: And you know what the second rule is? Don't lose don't money. Forget the fir- don't forget the first rule. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay? And, exactly. And, and so, but it's hard to do. It's hard to do. But personally, I think we could be in for a sideways market where we just kind of trade up and down a little bit for a while. And I would be perfectly happy. Actually, I would love, I would like, really like to see that. Because uh, in my mind, that would give earnings a chance to catch up. So in other words, the valuation could catch up, you know, in other words, if earnings go up another 10%, and we stay right where we are for a year, right, then fast forward to to that point where the earnings have increased, and now the valuation is not so high, right? So, so it's it's not a crazy valuation, I want to say we're at 21 times earnings, and historically, maybe we're at 18 or 19. So, um, you know, but... But I think it's a nice time to take a look at your portfolio, see what you have for dividends. I'm I'm doing a lot. I've got I've got some other holdings, guys, that are paying six and seven percent dividends. That are solid investments, in my opinion. Uh, They're not for everybody, but uh, they have been working out very well. And I'd be happy to share them if somebody would like to talk about it. Just feel free to give me a call anytime. 800-975-6717,
2: 800-975-6717, that's the number. Or you can just visit silverleaffinancial.com. You can reach out and connect with Kevin that way as well. So we talk a little bit about the market, sort of that the, the roller coaster continues. And uh, we were talking a little bit about pure growth, as we do every yes. week. Yes,
0: yes. So, let so let's get an update. Let's see what's going on. Now, you know You know what, Snow, I'm glad you brought it up. And that's uh, that's what we were talking about, Steve and I were talking about before the show, is the, there's something in the market that happens sometimes. And pure growth... Peer growth, first of all, dropped about three percent this week. Okay, so um, so we're, we're sitting on about a thirty-seven percent gain for the year, um, you know. But but it never goes straight up, right? The market doesn't go straight up. Not, neither do any of your like any of your holdings. It's to expect them to do that is really uh, would would be naive. I would say. Yeah. Um, so so we're going to have ups and downs, right? But something that sometimes people don't think about um, is is what I'm going to call collateral damage. And and one of the holdings, you know, some of the holdings that I've had that have been working out really well for quite a while. Uh, our companies like Group One Automotive uh, and Auto Nation, and they, they've been working out beautifully um, until this past week. And what happened this past week is that an analyst from Morgan Stanley downgraded Penske Auto Group. Okay. Okay. He, he didn't directly downgrade these stocks, but they're in the same sector or the same industry. And so what happens is investors see that, and then they say, "Oh, oh my God! Oh crap! I better we better sell these other ones too." <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, and, is, and that, so, is
2: that the mentality? Is that what happens? It's just that sort of wave of things?
0: Yes, yes, completely. Yes, it is. Wow, I, I believe it, it is the you know they'll call it market sentiment, you know, and um, but that's what they do. They they you know they it it's you know it's shoot first and ask questions later. So sell first, ask questions later, and uh, it, but I think that's wrong. Let me clear. Let me be clear. I believe that's the wrong approach. All right, personally, I think these stocks are are are, are strong buys right now. Um, and I, and I will be, I, and by the way, I own them personally. So, um, I do believe that there's good value there. I mean, something like, for instance, auto nation, I think it's trading at something like seven or eight times forward estimates and, wow. uh, and they've been growing, you know, double digit, they've been going through a double digit growth. So, so when we talk about the stock market, you know, a lot of, when, when you hear people say, um, you know, when you hear folks talk about the market, know, the market's overvalued, they're talking, a lot of times they're talking about the big, large cap companies you know, the, the tech stocks, right? The NASDAQ index, the tech stocks, um, you know, like Microsoft has had a phenomenal year, but it's trading pretty, the valuation is pretty high, you know, and 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 you get companies like, you know, Google and Facebook and these others, um, you know, that are trading at high valuations, but it doesn't mean the whole market is. So, so I, I kind of, my opinion is this is more of a stock picker's market. I think uh, it's questionable how much more large cap growth, you know, you'll, we'll see in, let's say in the next 12 months. So I, I like foreign markets. Uh, I like small and mid cap stocks as well, but but I also do the dividend plays, and and so I think it's important to take a look at how you're how you're exposed to the market, what allocations you have, and and see if if uh, how everything's working. You know, don't just leave it on autopilot. It's important you take a look at it and and readjust if necessary.
2: All right, so I mean that makes perfect sense, and and um, so so pure growth, you you took a hit because Penske took a hit, you took a hit, and you don't even That's own right.
0: Pensky. Uh, we don't own Penske. No, no, <laughs> no. So we we don't own Penske, but that's why I say collateral damage. Penske took a hit, and it knocked some of our holdings because people thought they were in a similar industry, huh. similar space, you know. And they're they're automotive. You know, right. So, so you I know, mean, so.
2: is there any reason why Penske was downgraded by uh, by who was it? Goldman Sachs or or
0: yeah, it was an analyst at Goldman. I, I think he was saying something that he thinks their growth is going to slow down, things like that. Um, but I don't know that it's something you can broad base it and say, well, if it happens to them, it's gonna to happen to all these other companies too. Right. And and that, and that's why you want to do your research um and, and take a look, see if, if if you're an individual investor handling your own portfolio, you need to take a look and, and see if it, it's something that will be impacted. Um, my the the research that I have, what I use, uh I still believe they're strong buys. I I I like them. I'm not I'm not saying anybody should go out and buy them, it's an individual situation. I don't know how much risk you're willing to take or comfortable with or how much experience a person has had. So it's not a recommendation to buy them. Uh, I just want everybody to realize when you're in the market that these things happen, something can come, come out of left field that, that may not directly seem like it has, you know, it isn't directly about your specific investment, but it can still impact it. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's why you need to take a look, you go back and you take another look at it. Uh, One thing that I don't like to do personally I don't like to sell because some analyst or some brokerage firm comes out and says says whatever he sells. Boom. I don't look at that as a reason to sell and I don't look at it as a reason to buy either. It's something that makes me take a look and I say, okay, let, let's look into this further. Let me see what I can find out. Um, but I'm not gonna have an e-jerk reaction to it. Right. I would never do I think that's I think that's foolish. Sure.
2: Well, and again, those are I mean, that's that's why you do what you do, Kevin, and, and why you spend as much time as you do and, and certainly as much money as you do on the research.
0: Yes, it, it, well, it, it, exactly. And I'll tell you what, you know. like I said, we, the, it's important to remember these are week-to-week gains and I'm not you know advocating anybody trade like that. Uh, what I'm trying to do by setting up this portfolio and, and doing this is to show that, that, I've, that I do have a method to, of choosing stocks um, that can be successful. It doesn't mean it's always going to work, right? Um, no strategy is always going to work. And, but what I'm using is strategies that have been around for decades, that when you back test them, they show annualized returns north of twenty percent. And so what I did a year and a half ago is I, I, I took it live with real money, clients, real money, and uh, and that's what I've been managing. But it's a concentrated portfolio between five and ten stocks. And so a situation like this, where one of our holding, you know, Group One is one of the holdings, it took a ten percent hit in one. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. It went. I believe it was Wednesday. Uh, it dropped ten percent in one day. Wow. And. And so when you have a concentrated portfolio, that is going to impact, you know, the, the value, right? It's going, to, it, it's, it's going to have more of a substantial impact. Sure. And, and so this isn't, so I don't advocate people to have a concentrated portfolio, like, except you're looking for, like I say, this uh, the title of you know, what we call it, pure growth. That's what it is. We're just looking, you know, we're just looking for turbocharged, high growth. With the understanding that we could also see turbocharge big losses. Sure. Okay. That's the that's the reality. So far, it's working out well though. We we did lose a couple percent on the week, but we're sitting on we're we're still beating the S and P by double digits here to
2: <laughs> Well, you can't complain about that.
0: No, no, I'm very I'm very happy. We're all very happy with it. Yeah, just, exactly. You know, just just hoping it continues, right?
2: So I mean, so what was the impetus for for you to 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 create this? pure growth was that something that you've always kind of wanted to do or or and and what what made you decide to do it you know i mean i know you launched this thing over a year ago but what what drove you to that
0: yeah you know you know it's really something like you mentioned it's really something i've always wanted to do and and I've, I, my entire career you know i started in 1990 and and i've I, I believe you know i've tried the research whether it's you know whoever you look at morning star value line all the big players you know you look at the research from the brokerage firms and uh you know, and and you look at every everything you could possibly look at because I, I believe you can get a you can get an idea anywhere, right? Yeah, and 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 so you are trying to figure out how to, how to stay ahead of the game, how to you know, and and we all know that the majority of active fund managers you know underperform the market over long periods of time, um, and so what I did is is I, I like rules based research because it takes the emotion out of buying or selling something. If it meets the parameters that you've set, then it's either bl- it's black and white. You know there's no emotion involved and and so I, I like those parameters but when you look at something and they say yeah when we back tested, it it shows you know 21 percent a year or something well that all sounds good but I, but that's what is i've just got to take it live and so that's what i did all right and, and and so i get a lot of recommendations all the research that i pay for that i pay for there's nothing there, there's no uh, you know there's nothing on the side there's no payment for order flow none of that stuff uh, it's just the old fashioned way, you know, I, I write a check, you know, or you know, use a credit card. I understand. Uh, I understand. You know, but but it's but it's independent research that's coming to me and they're all buy recommendations. And so I'm starting off with a group of, of securities that have that all have analyst buy ratings, strong buy ratings on them. And and that's the pool I start with. I select the ones that I like and then we go from there.
2: All right. I like it. I like it. Folks, if you want to be a part of it, 800-975-6717 or visit silverleaffinancial.com. And uh, Kevin Boy, as we slide into uh, Thanksgiving week, the holidays are upon us. Um, yes. How are you feeling? you? I mean, you know, what's, uh, what's, what's the thought today?
0: I, I feel re- real good about everything. I think, guys, be careful if you're traveling, you know, with the, with this resurgence of COVID and stuff. You know, I say be safe, you know, follow the guidelines. Um, you know, but I, but I think I think the markets look good. I think everything, uh, uh, I think everything's setting up well. And I think if they pass the infrastructure bill, um, you know, I believe that'll be good. That should create a lot of jobs. So to me, it seems like it should be good for the economy and good for the markets.
1: Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA/SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.